Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. Wake up! With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us about your wild conspiracy. It's on. It's now. It's here. The Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890, 949, KDXU, Southern Utah's news talk leader. Good morning to you. The sun is not shining. That's usually how I start my show. The sun is shining because it's St. George and it's always shining, right? But it's kind of cloudy today as we deal with some uh, weather issues. Supposed to be uh, kind of rain off and on until about noon today. Uh, be grateful, though, you live here and not, say, 50, 60, 70 miles north of here because they're getting nailed with snow right now. I'm Andy. Again, thanks for tuning in today. We had city council candidates on yesterday. Today, we're going to have the mayoral candidates on. And I'm joined right now live in studio with Jimmy Hughes. Hey, Jimmy. How are you today, Andy? I am great. Thanks for coming in today. Looking sharp. I, I honestly expected because of your occupation that you'd be in a suit and tie and everything. But you got the city jacket on and, uh, and loose color. I like it. Yeah, the weather today prompted me to kind of dress down a little bit. So Very nice, very nice. Well, the format is basic. Uh, I ask pretty much the same questions of everyone, uh, every candidate, um, and uh, we have a little more time and a little more leeway today because uh, there's only two of you instead of four like we had yesterday. But uh, And some of the questions are questions I came up with. Others are ones that the listeners have, uh, have sent me, but uh, we won't ask anything too super hard, okay? Perfect. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, let's start things off. Jimmy Hughes, a candidate for Mayor, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, good, great. I'm a, I'm a St. George kid, Andy. I, I grew up here in St. George mm-hmm. back in uh, at a time when we were about 7,500 people. Wow. Back, the other day I was just visiting with uh, former Mayor Dan MacArthur, and he took me into his office there and showed me a map that he had found that was uh, pretty close to the, the, of, of the city. It was pretty close to the time he was married, which was 1970, and that's when I was born. And it's amazing to see yeah. that old picture and realize the end of St. George was 700 South and, and beyond that you were pretty much in no man's land. Yeah. So, so I've seen a lot growing up here. Um, like many people, I went away and, and tried to find my fortune. I spent some time in California. So I, I understand the draw to our, our good neighbors uh, in California who want to be here. I was never so happy to, to get out of there and mm-hmm. uh, spent some time in Northern Utah. And of course we have a lot of our friends from Northern Utah that like to come here to, to Southern Utah. In fact, you know, we all, uh, former Mayor MacArthur used to say, "We, you know, all those people are probably going to live here someday. They all want to come here at some yeah, point." What is it? They either uh, live here or want live to live here, here for yeah. sure. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I grew up here. I attended uh, uh, Dixie High School. Okay. I'm a Dixie High graduate, and I did a little short stint at Dixie, then Dixie College, um, and um, then I met my wife in Salt Lake. And and on that note, I got I got to take a little personal liberty here today of all days is my anniversary anniversary today wow and it's the big one 30 we've been married 25 years 25 oh 25 years are you supposed to buy her something gold or something on 25 something i I need to do something and (laughs) instead you know today's a busy day bless her heart she's uh i hope she's still going to vote for me after we get through today but uh, i I just by the way my anniversary was a week ago so awesome uh, we're we're at 33 so we're a little little bit ahead of so i I gotta catch up yeah but but if you want to know about my uh uh, my intelligence, just meet my wife and you'll know that I'm a pretty intelligent person if you meet her. so that Or a good salesman. That, that's, there you go. Good salesman. <laughs> Whatever works, right? It's for us guys. But Absolutely. anyways, we have five children. We've, uh, we were fortunate enough to get back here to St. George and, and, and we're raising our children here. We still have two in school. We have uh, one at Crimson. I have a senior at Crimson High School. Uh, she's part of the student council there and she's in the chamber choir and she just spent some time at uh, uh, Allstate up, in, up north at Weber State. So um, love raising our children here. We had two 
our two oldest got married this year within two months of each other. Life is good. Um, I'm a, by trade, I'm a, uh, in the mortuary business. I'm a funeral director, we call them today. Um, and uh, I also, uh, my hobby, I grew up here in St. George in, in a ranching family, so I have a little cattle ranch nice. out on the Arizona Strip. That's what I do to, to regain my sanity is go do some physical labor. And So are you in a truck or are you riding a horse? So today I'm in a truck, so... Uh, I'd love to ride a horse. But, but on the ranch, you're, you're on the horse? Oh, yeah. Awesome. We, we love to get on the horse. So. Very cool. That's, that's part of the gig still. So, anyways, that's a little about me. Um, it, I'm, I'm, a, I'm just, St. George is really who I am, and I, I'm a big fan of this place, and, and, and I love my community and everything that it stands for and, and who we are here in St. George. All right, then let's get into some of the questions. Um, question number one, what are the biggest issues in your mind, Jimmy, that St. George is facing right now? Yeah, that's... Everyone knows growth is our, our biggest issue and all those things related to it and right along with that uh, water. Mm-hmm. So those two go hand in hand. And as we move forward, we, we really do have to have a, a better grasp on what our water availability is, which then is tied to our growth. Uh, on the horizon, we probably have some hard decisions to make about uh, where that water is going to be used uh, right. with with what limited availability we have, we just have to make those decisions of do we want to use them for this type of housing or this type of industry or, or how we use that water. So those two things are tied together. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of people that want to live here. I mean, who would blame them? Right. Even on a rainy day like this, I mean, it's beautiful. <laughs> I love the rain. The water it brings is, is great. But sure. it, this is just a place where people want to live, and we got to deal with that um, and, and make sure we're growing in a proper manner. So. All right, we'll get to water, more on water in a second. Talk about growth a little bit. Is St. George set up to, to accept the growth? Uh, I'm talking about infrastructure like roads and, uh, and the power grid and plumbing and things like that. Is St. George ready for that? If not, uh, what needs to happen for it to be ready? Well, that, that's really the job of, of our, us as elected officials and those who came before us is to mm-hmm. make sure we're ready for that. Now, you know, I think we'd be dishonest to say that we anticipated, although we anticipated growth, that we anticipated this type of sustained right. growth that's kind of a little bit overwhelming, and let's be honest. We have adopted in, in St. George, you know, a policy of making new growth pay for itself. So that requires, a, you know, sometimes a little bit of a lag when, when you have development that comes in and they have to put in the infrastructure, kind of goes in phases. So while some people might, might look at it and say we're unprepared, really it's part of the process. There's probably going to be some lag time as we, as we uh, get those developments in place, and those developers then have to put the infrastructure in place mm-hmm. as part of their development agreements to make sure that new development comes in. But that, but that is part of the process, and so sometimes it might, be, it might look like we're a little behind. As far as the infrastructure that the city is responsible for, we're always looking out into the future 10, 15, 20 years to try to make sure we're, we're uh, ready for that. One, one instance that, that comes to mind is the Mall Drive Bridge. That bridge was moved up. Uh, former city manager kind of could see uh, that there was a need for that coming in the future. And although it was in the long-range plan, uh, that got moved up about 10 years. And thank goodness we were able to find ways to pay for that. Think if we were just barely starting to build that Mall Drive Bridge today, what, what kind of a mess we would be in. <laughs> yeah, so for sure. there's, some, there's some good forethought that's gone into that, and, and hopefully that's what we'll keep doing in the future as we make those decisions for, for infrastructure and, and, and planning for growth. All right, let's talk about water now. Uh, Lake Powell Pipeline, where are we at? Where are you at on that? Where are we at on that? And are there going to be other alternatives to getting water to our community that is so thirsty? Yeah, it's a, that's a long-term proposition, and, and it's, we ran into some hiccups, and obviously there's some pushback from surrounding states. I mean, you think about it, when there's a limited supply of water, 
anybody else who uses their share just kind of cuts into the share of everybody else. So, so rightfully yeah. so, we're, we're receiving some pushback from other states. I'm a big fan of the, the Lake Powell pipeline as a responsible effort by those of us who are tasked with that to, to plan for the future. I mean, to me, we have water today in this uh, dry country because people before us kind of went out on a limb and, and looked for other water resources and, and did things sure. like piping the water or p- building a ditch off from Pine Valley and building all these reservoirs that we have. I mean, that took some effort and some forethought to do that. And I think the Lake Powell pipeline fits into that. Obviously, there's some concerns. Obviously, cost is an issue. We have to be, you know, have to look at that. But Lake Powell was built to store water for us to use at a later time. That's what it's there for, and we have some rights to that. Why would we not pursue that opportunity? Uh, if nothing else, it gives us opportunity here in our community. As all the other water resources are used up or allocated, it's good to have that resource. Uh, from just a purely investment standpoint, the fact that if, if there's only so much water, if we have a larger share of that available to us, it's a great investment. It gives us options for our future. So it, it, need, it, you know, it needs to be part of our planning process. Yeah, there's danger that it could not happen, and then we have to regroup and go from there. Okay. Uh, let's talk about affordable housing. Now, I have three sons that are grown and married, starting families. They, all three of them would love to live here. Unfortunately, they look at the numbers, they crunch the numbers, and they say, well, I can't make enough money to buy a house to live near my parents. Uh, what, can we do anything about making housing or wages higher or housing more affordable here, Jimmy? Yeah. I- interestingly, we had this conversation years ago about making sure we had economic opportunity so our children could be here. Right. Now there's some ep- economic opportunity, and we have another problem is, yeah, come, but you can't afford a place to live. Yeah. I know that, I, I, like I say, I had two newly marrieds, and a housing it, are the, the number one issue they're dealing with, trying to find a place to live. So, so there are some things we can do, but we do have to also remember we're, we, we, li- we live in a free market where there's going to be some market ebbs and flows. And right now, obviously, there's strong demand, and, and the supply is down. So we have to deal with that somewhat. I just re- just left coming here from a board that I sit on, the St. George Housing Authority. There's a lot of things that we're doing there to try to provide avenues for people to get into housing that's a little more attainable uh, while they progress economically and get into a, a place where they can move into, you know, traditional housing. Um, so there's some things we can do there. There's some things that's be- that are being done on another board that I sit on, which is the Switch Friends of Switchpoint, mm-hmm. where we're trying to create opportunities for those that, that, that are out of housing to get back into housing and be productive members of society. So there's some things like that we can do. Other things that we can do as, this, as the city is, is to try to keep regulation to a minimum, which can increase costs, uh, try to keep, make sure they're not uh, unneeded restrictions or requirements that can increase the cost of development. Those are all things that we, that we try to look at. There's also that push to, to do higher density, Higher density can, sure. can make some uh, more affordable housing options. And, and I'm, a, I'm a, a proponent of that. It's okay to do some higher density. Uh, I'm a little concerned that, that everything coming in wants to be higher and higher density, and I'm not sure that's where we want to go for everything in the future. We need to remember we want a complete community, not something that's just all high density. Okay, let's talk about the uh, name of the university right now. About a year, a year and a half ago, the university proposed to change the name from Dixie State University to, at the time, they didn't have a name. They had several. Uh, it ended up being Utah Tech is what they've settled on. That's now up in the hands of the legislature. Uh, as a mayor, is there anything that you can do to help? Uh, I, I think the feeling in the community right now is 
they shouldn't do that. But uh, do we have a voice as a, as a, as a mayor? A hundred percent. We we have a great working relationship with the university, and that's going to continue regardless. We we're we're lucky to have them, and we and it's a and it's a big part of our community, and we want to keep that. Mm-hmm. But the 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 most of us, and like you say, anyone I talk to, there's just there's just no concern over the Dixie name, and and most of the community feels like it's part of the overall council culture in our country today. And, and it's an attack on some of the traditions of our of our uh, country and, and, and really our local area here. So I'm a big proponent of the Dixie name. Like I said, I, I'm a Dixie kid. The, the Dixie story is a Utah's Dixie story is a great story. It's a story worth telling, and it makes yeah. us unique and different. Uh, as as a mayor, uh, yes, we can we can do some stuff. I mean, obviously, the, the decision is going to be up to them and the legislature. But we can be an advocate, an advocate to the legislature, an advocate. Um, to, to the community to say these are the reason why the Dixie spirit is so important to us. And, and I plan on, on doing that and have done that. Uh, there's some things being done at the legislative level. I know our, our, our legislator, our um, representative Walt Brooks is working on some stuff to try to ed- educate the, the legislature and, and, and good, good for him for being an advocate for, for Utah's Dixie. These, these traditions and, and our heritage, I think are important to our future. They're, they're kind of what bring us together. They make, uh, they they bring a richness to life. It's just one of those things where it's okay to to remember where we came from and celebrate that past and the story that goes with it. It's okay to be different, and we're different here, and it's okay. It's a great yeah. story. It's a great story. I remember someone telling me, I, well, I have to explain the Dixie name everywhere I go, and I'm like, but that's a good thing, Yeah, hooray, it? right? Yeah. It's a good conversation topic. Explain what it's all about. So. All right, uh, I had a caller uh, wanted to ask uh, ask about this, and I think it's a pretty cool topic. Uh, they want to know, of all our candidates, where do you get your info from? In, in this day and age, there are so many different – I mean, if you have an opinion, you can find a website to back right. you up. So, uh, Jimmy, where do you get your info? What, who do you listen to? What do you listen to? What websites do you uh, frequent uh, when it comes to getting your information? Perfect. First and foremost, Mike, I listen to my wife. <laughs> so so we, we have to do that, that's right? That's a good source. No. So, yeah, today we have so much information at our fingertips. And, and like everybody else, I do get a, a fair amount of my information from the Internet. Uh, I'll, I'll do random searches. I am a conservative by nature, so okay. I, I do look at a lot of conservative websites. But I'm one of those guys that like to dig on the other side to find out, you know, am I off base? Is there another opinion? I'm pretty open-minded about that. And, and I think that's a healthy position to be in to where we can – we can gain all the information. If I have an idea, I'll go look at what the opposition says because I want to know what that opposition says, N- not just to combat it, but to say, hey, am I off base? Is there some, is there some common ground? Or, or, or what is the real truth? And, and unfortunately, today, you do have to kind of search. Otherwise, you can get misled. And I, and I try to keep an open mind about that and, and, and realize that even though I might be looking at a new source that I like, there may be some bias there that I should be careful with. And so it's always a good rule of thumb to... to, to double check that information. And so, so I get my uh, information from as many sources as I can and obviously conversations with other people and, and just glean as much as I can so you can be the best informed. All right. Very good. Uh, for 19 months now, the world has been gripped by coronavirus. Uh, it's, uh, it affects every, every single person. It's not like, you know, it's a, the, the Steelers losing a game. Or it's, everyone is affected by the coronavirus. It's, it's been uh, in our consciousness, consciousness now for more than a year and a half. Uh, Jimmy, how was it handled on a local, uh, a local uh, uh, situation? Did, did, did we handle it well here? Did St. George come through? As a, you, you've been a council member, so mm-hmm. you probably have a pretty good perspective mm-hmm. on things. Do you feel like things could have been d- differently, or do they need to be done differently? 
you know, that's a, the advantage of hindsight. Andy, we can look yeah. back and say, you know, there's some things we could have done differently or better. The one thing that I will say is there was a lot of misinformation. Uh, there was a lot of unknowns. Yeah. And, and some people just simply wanted to be on the safe side. And so there were, there were probably some things that, that were a little bit overboard that we can look back at now and say maybe weren't effective. And quite frankly, at the time, we were looking at some things that say, hey, these things coming down from the state level maybe don't even make sense or are a little bit ridiculous. I think Washington County in general did a good job of saying, okay, where are we? Let's, let's pull back a little bit and see where we are. And then, you know, fairly soon after that saying, hey, we, we, want to, we need to get things open back up. This is not working. These aren't effective. You know, you may remember there were several uh, attempts by the county and the city to say, hey, we, we, we understand this green, yellow, red level system. We need to move on. We're, we're different here. Yeah. We're, we're trying to keep our economy open. We want to make sure people, we don't want the, the, the solution to be worse than the cure. And in, for some people, it really was. For some people... Uh, they struggled. For some people, they lost businesses, and, and there were a lot of other things that went along with that. And, and there's a whole other side of this on an emotional level that, that we may be seeing the effects of that for years to come. So, so I really believe that good information given to people allows them to act on their own behalf and take care of their own self and their own family. And most people will do the right thing. And I'm not a big favor of the, these closures, the mandates, and all these things that we're, we're trying to do to, to uh, say, hey, hey, we're here with the government. We're here to help you and protect you. Got a couple of minutes left. I wanted to ask you about, uh, you go around town now, just about anywhere, and I don't know how it is with your business, but there's a help wanted sign almost everywhere. Uh, and so I wanted to ask you a little, what do you, what do you think the source of all these uh, vacancies in jobs is, and what can we do about it? Well, there's, there's probably several reasons. Uh, obviously, one is there's been a, a lot of stimulus put out there, and, and there's a lot of ways you can survive today without having, having to work. Right. Now, on the same token, there are a lot of people that want to work. They just want to be compensated properly for it, and, and that's okay. One of the things I ran into in my own business is I actually did try to hire someone. We're the same as everyone else. We're, help is wanted. We yeah. have our sign out. Um, I had someone coming from within state but out of town that was ready to come, accepted the offer. And we talked about this earlier. He came looking for a house and said, mm. no, thank you. I had another employee who just left, who sold his house and took his money and went elsewhere where he could buy a home for less money and, and uh, in Texas. So yeah. there, there's that there's that as well. So there's a couple of reasons why that's happening. And hopefully we can make it through there. And, and there's got to be a little give and take from both sides, from, from both those who need employed and employers to be able to compensate properly as we're seeing the cost of goods rise and the cost of housing rise, those, those employees need to be compensated properly as well. well just driving around town the other day, I, I saw two or three fast food joints, 14 bucks an hour. Yeah. I was like, wow, yeah. I, th I think I made 335 back in the day. <laughs> and some signs that say we're closed on this day because right. of lack of help. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we're talking with Jimmy Hughes, candidate for mayor. Jimmy, uh, the final question is is a simple one, but maybe not a simple answer. Mm -hmm. What differentiates you from Michelle Randall? Well, there's, there's, there's obviously a lot of similarities, but the biggest thing is my experience. I'm a business owner. I'm currently in the fight with, with people, the other people that are trying to make a living here in town. This isn't a job for me. This is a service opportunity. I'm happy to help. I love this place, and I, mm -hmm. and I provide for my family in other ways. My experience from, from not only being a longtime St. George resident, but, but also living in California, living in Salt Lake, having successful businesses, all those things, I think, uh, prepare me well 
to be able to uh, do those duties that the mayor has in the city, to be able to run the city like a business, uh, to be able to work with other people, uh, to kind of create that synergy that you need with with a good team. We have a great staff at St. George City. Uh, just an, just just my overall experience, I think, puts me in that in that different position to be to be the best candidate at this point for the things that are coming down the road and for the decisions that are going to have to be made and for really working with the council. That's that's the one thing that that we need to remember is that our our form of government really most of the power lies with the council. Um, the mayor is kind of the mayor position, I should mm-hmm. say, is kind of a a weak mayor position. We call it where call we don't it. have veto power, uh, we don't have a vote. Uh, but we do have to work closely with the council to make sure we, we, we go in the direction that the citizens want us to go. All right. He's Jimmy Hughes. Jimmy, thanks so much for coming. Do you prefer Jim or Jimmy, by the way? Jimmy just makes me sound younger, so I go with the Jimmy. <laughs> Very good. Jimmy Hughes uh, running for mayor in, uh, well, let's see. We'll take a weather break in just a few minutes, maybe three or four minutes from now. We'll hear from Michelle Randu. Thanks, Jimmy. Thank you, Andy. Appreciate it. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Andy Griffin Live, The Andy Griffin Show. Thanks so much for tuning in today. It's Mayoral Candidate Day, not Mayor Thursday, but Mayoral Candidate today. And uh, I've got current mayor, Michelle Randall, also running to be reelected. Uh, the ballots get mailed out today. Michelle, you're pretty, pretty pumped? I am really pumped. I am ready to have this over with. I feel <laughs> like I was just in here. So <laughs> thanks right. for having me back. Well, thanks for coming. Uh, the format is basically I have some set questions. I ask, I'll ask both you and Jimmy pretty much the same questions with some variances depending on answers and, and follow-ups. Uh, and then, of course, we've got the big debate tonight, so we can, we can all argue about everything else tonight. Oh, right? yes. So fun. <laughs> all right. Well, let's start it off with uh, Michelle Randall, mayoral candidate. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I think a lot of people know me already, but... I was appointed to be mayor January 21st when Mayor Pike resigned to take a position with Governor Cox's office. I was appointed by the city council, which I think is really important because they're the ones I work the closest with. They know, they know me, they know how I work. They know how my leadership skills and they had the confidence in me that they felt that I would be the best choice for mayor. So I was appointed on January 21st. So the end of this month, I'll have 10 months under my belt, which I also think is important. I've got that 10 months of experience that um, it, it's important. There is a lot going on in this city. There's a lot to learn, and I'm still learning, but I feel like I've, I've done a really good job in the 10 months. I pride myself on being extremely accessible to the residents, and... I don't think there's anybody out there that can say I never responded to them. I didn't call them back. I didn't try and help them with an issue they had. As of today's date, I've attended 492 meetings. That includes meetings with residents and 423 emails, phone calls, or texts I've returned. Wow. Because I am the conduit between the residents and City Hall. And if they don't know who to contact, I do. If they have... Well, so my old boss yesterday sent me a text, and she's like, Michelle, I'm sorry to bug you on Sunday, but I think there's a a water main break on the street right below me. Who do I call? And I knew who she needed to call. And um, 
so I really pride myself on that. I've been a resident of St. George since 1978. There was 13,000 people when my family moved here. Um, My mom's from here, so we moved back to St. George so we could be with family, which was great. I loved growing up here, Went graduated from Dixie High married Tony Randall, who was born and raised here. And we will be married 37 years next month. And we have four children and nine grandchildren. And we are so fortunate and blessed they all live in Washington County. Yeah, that's that's awesome. In fact, we're going to talk a little bit about that in, in just a minute, about living here. Uh, let's talk about, though, right now, St. George City. You have been right there in the forefront uh, as a councilman and as a, now the mayor the last little while. What would you say are the biggest couple of issues that face St. George right now? Growth and everything related to that. So, obviously, water. It's huge. Um, Nobody could have predicted the pandemic and what that brought. If you lived in California and were living under that mayor in Los Angeles County or the governor of California, you would want to get out of there, too. If you were living under the governor in Nevada, you would probably be thinking to move. When our schools were open, theirs were shut. So we couldn't predict that. We we were preparing for the worst. We thought, oh, no, the sky is falling. <laughs> and the exact opposite happened. Uh, people were coming in here in droves. And people were renting homes just to get their kids in school for the school year. We had visitors out the wazoo. <laughs> is that a politically correct term to say, the wazoo? It is now. <laughs> and so our sales tax was did really well. But going forward, the most important thing right now that we are constantly having to look at and monitor is water. That's the only thing that will create a moratorium is if there's not enough water for all the people who want to be here. And we have to make sure we have enough water for those of us who are here and any future growth that we have enough water there. So we're working very closely with the Water Conservancy District to see what that number may be. Mm -hmm. We got, at City Council on Thursday, Scott Taylor, who is our, uh, the St. George Water Director, he manages the wastewater treatment and and our water. He's, He's an awesome guy. He told us, which I thought was amazing, we all knew we were in one of the worst droughts we've had in a very, very long time. And we were encouraging everyone to please conserve, please conserve. We weren't heavy handed about it. We weren't giving out fines. We weren't doing any of that. We did have the parks department make up door hangers. And so as streets, parks, or, or any of the other departments were out and about, if they saw somebody with their sprinklers on in the middle of the afternoon, they'd just write a little note on this door hanger and hang it on their door. Or if they had a broken sprinkler pipe or something like that. Mm -hmm. We grew in the last year from January to today's date, we grew 6% over last year. Yet our water consumption decreased by 2%. Wow. Our parks and our golf courses saved 12% during that time compared to last year. And from May to September, the hottest months of the year, we saved 8% in water. Just with our residents choosing to conserve and being more cognizant of their water usage. Way to go residents, right? Awesome. Yeah. It was great to mm-hmm. hear. And so I think with 
with more conservation efforts, we can get further down the road. But Okay, let's back it up a little bit and, and go back to growth as a general overall topic. Um, with growth comes, as you mentioned, water shortages, but also uh, traffic yep. and unfortunately increased crime. Uh, what can you, if you are elected as mayor, what can you do about some of these big issues that come with growth? Well, on traffic, I think one, I think something that we've missed the boat on with traffic. Okay, you look out, you have a beautiful view here. So you <laughs> look out and you see the topography we have mm-hmm. in St. George. We are, we have an interesting topography when it comes to having to building new roads. Yeah, we've got rivers, we've got mountains. We, you know, do you go under, through, over, whatever. The roads we can like we just did the expansion on River Road that really helped with dual turn lanes on River Road and Riverside Drive. We're expanding 3000 East from 1580 South to Mall Drive. And Mall Drive will have dual turn lanes if you're going north, turning left. That's going to help immensely. We need the Northern Corridor to get traffic east and west. But where we've missed the boat is neighborhood commercial. When Little Valley was built... Imagine if there was neighborhood commercial out in Little Valley right now. Imagine if they had a grocery store out there mm. and a gas station. It they, would help with traffic, wouldn't it? It would help immensely. They wouldn't have to, everyone wouldn't have to go down River Road or three thousand East to go get groceries. They could go to their neighborhood grocery store. And we need to do that in all of our new master planned communities. That really will help with traffic. Is there a need for more policing, more yes. more traffic enforcement? We definitely need more police officers, um, and we that that's high on everybody's list. I don't know anybody who doesn't want to fund public safety. To we always have to fund public safety, and we always need more officers. Right now, it's just really hard to hire any. Well, and that's actually was going to be my next question. We need more officers, and yet. Everyone needs more officers. Everybody. What can you do? Can we do anything to, to attract them? I mean, you know, being competitive wages, I guess, is as close as you can get. Competitive go. wages, uh, morale. We Our police department just got rid of their uh, no facial hair policy. They've had that in place for a long time. Wait, our policemen are going to have beards, maybe? Our policemen, some of them that want to grow them can have them as Hopefully long as they're... The guys, but... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Joking. Yeah. Um, and and there's, you know, not below the neck and clean, clean, you know, uh, what's the word? Like well-groomed. Well-groomed. So things like that help with morale. But I was at a conference in Salt Lake a couple of weeks ago, and there they are down 700, 700 police officers on the Wasatch Front. Wow. 30 in Ogden alone. So when we're down six or seven, we got to go, okay, well... We're not as bad as we could be. Could be worse. Uh, The biggest issue with attracting um, people right now is the price of homes. And that is something the city cannot do anything about. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about water again. Uh, Lake Powell Pipeline. What's happened there? People are saying it's dead or dying. We go go in spurts, right? So right now we've been in a terrible drought. We could all of a sudden have six years of immense water. You never know. It's up and down. It's up and down. The issue I have, the Lake Powell Pipeline isn't a want. The Lake Powell Pipeline is a need Hmm. if we want to grow. 
we are relying on the Virgin River Basin, period. And where are we going to get more water if you want your grandkids and kids to stay here and live? That's going to come from Lake Powell. Yes, it's really low right now, but we haven't taken our share out of there. We are being punished for the sins from California, Nevada, and Arizona for taking more than their share out of that, out of Lake Powell. So it's years down the road. Just the toker wash that will, I think, start construction next year. Right. Took 22 years to get approved and, and now starting to get built. So it's a long ways down the road. So what, what can we do until then? It's conservation. Okay, let's talk a little bit. You mentioned affordable housing. Uh, you're fortunate enough. You said you had your kids live here for the most yes, part. Yes, they they are all homeowners, but they were able to get homes before, you know, before it went crazy. Yep. Yeah, I have months. I have three sons. They're adult sons. They're married, starting families. Um, they all want to live here. They can't. They can't afford to live in St. George. Can uh, can the mayor? Can the council? Can you guys do anything about that? Or are we are our hands tied? The only thing we have in our toolbox is zoning so what the city of st george has done they've put together it's called hack it's housing um the housing action coalition we have brought every major player in the county to the table the county commissioners Mm -hmm. the other cities in the county the school district the dixie state university ihc Habitat for Humanity, I'm going to leave some out, Switchpoint, different people. To come together, we meet often, and SUBA is involved, the realtors are involved, to say, what can we do? How, let, let's say, let's say you have a developer that's going to build 100 apartments. Could they put aside maybe five out of those 100 and make them at a, a cheaper rate hmm. for the service industry or what about the city approved um adus so accessory dwelling units so like mother-in-law's apartments or casitas in every lot over seven thousand square feet in st george you can have an adu now before you couldn't we want people to be able to rent those out to a college student a young married couple an elderly yeah. couple not short-term rental, long-term rentals. Or we just approved our first tiny homes. I think they're 700 square feet. They're going over off of Dixie Downs. You know, not really tiny. That's only kind of tiny. That's kind of tiny. Yeah, Yeah. it's not like you see like 150 square feet that you move on wheels, but they'll be on a foundation. And Mm -hmm. But hopefully they're more affordable for, like I said, somebody starting out or somebody at that's older, that's like, I don't want a yard anymore. I don't want a big house. I don't want that upkeep. So we have those tools in our toolbox to approve the zoning for things like that. But we can't control the price of land. We can't control the price of building materials. We can't control any of that. We're talking with Michelle Randall, the candidate for mayor for St. George City. Michelle, uh, about a year or so ago, Dixie State decided they were going to change their name from Dixie State to, well, they didn't know, for a while. Now they've kind of settled on Utah Tech. Um, your thoughts on the whole process and what Dixie State has decided to do? It's not a done deal yet. It's not a done deal yet. I've always been against the name change. I've been vocal that I have been against the name change. I have personally met with uh, President Williams, with Henry Walton at the university, with um, Jordan Sharp, 
with Dave Clark when he was uh, the Board of Trustees uh, chairperson and told him my thoughts that I'm a sixth-generation Dixie girl. Mm-hmm. My family came here in 1861 with the Dixie Cotton Mission. I think they went about the whole thing wrong. If If it was truly about the future and their mission and all of that, meet with the stakeholders prior to deciding. Sit down and get the community's input then. It it seemed like it was a backwards process, and I, I yeah. still don't buy that it's it's because it's racist and cancel culture. We've, here in St. George, when you talk to somebody about the Dixie spirit, it's not racist. It's, mm. the Dixie spirit means so many things to, to different people, but I wish they could, would keep the name. I've talked to many of our legislate, legislators. They will be the ultimate deciding body. I think it's good to hear that you've met with some of the people involved because I think there there's a few people out there that are why isn't Michelle Randall carrying a banner and and you know marching in in parades and things uh you've chosen to fight it but in a different way. I like that. That's that's good to hear. Well, I just don't there's been so much division mm-hmm. and it's not doing anybody any good. It's just making us more divided and I I don't like that. I don't like that if you agree with the name change, then you're then you're crucified and you're called names and people are tell, saying boycott that person's business. Take their job. Yeah, that, that yeah. it's just where is the Dixie spirit in that? Yeah. So, yes, I've chosen to do it in a different way. And I I just had a conversation last week with Senator Epson about it. So I am pro-Dixie. I am pro-Dixie State University. I don't know what the legislature will end up deciding. Okay, we're down to about four or five minutes left. I want to get a couple of questions. And I had a caller uh, call, and I, th- I thought this was a really a thought-provoking question. We talk a lot about on this program about truth and where you can get accurate information, truth. And they said, why don't you ask the candidates where they get their information from? What websites do you frequent? What radio stations do you listen to? Uh, So your thoughts on that? So when I, in the morning, sometimes I listen to you. Well, that's good. But not every day. Sorry. There's sometimes I'm out and gone already. You're sort of in meetings a lot. I'm I'm in a lot of meetings. (laughs) Locally, I go to St. George News. Uh, sometimes I look at the spectrum, but I, I, yeah, okay, I'm not like a subscriber, but I I'll browse browse on social media their headlines and uh, statewide. It, I read the Salt Lake Tribune and the Desert News. I go to KSL a lot. Mm-hmm. Nationwide, I don't. Right now, I haven't had a lot of time to sit down and. <laughs> watch the news. But if I do, it's probably Fox News at night. I'm more conservative, so I'd rather watch Fox than CNN. But I have a lot of different websites I go to on my phone. All right, let's talk about coronavirus just a little bit. Uh, How do you think it was handled on a local versus national level? Uh, do Do you have any strong feelings about whether or not we did anything wrong while we were putting all this together? I know hindsight is 2020, but Yeah, hindsight's 2020. I think... As you saw people flock to Utah, I think we were doing things a lot better than other states, for yeah. sure. I I felt really horrible if you were a small business restaurant owner. Those seemed to be the ones that got hurt the worst because you could only have so many people in your restaurant and they had yeah. to 
be it tables all scattered and different things. But when you look back and you know what you know now, then I wish that we would have just let them operate like they have always operated. Right. The mask mandate for kids in school, yes, it happened, but now they're not a mask, so that's great. I think we've learned a lot. I am not, I am absolutely against any mandates for the vaccine. I think it should be everybody's choice, whether you get vaccinated or not. I think you do your own research and your own homework and decide what works best for you and your family. Well said. All right, we're almost out of time. One last question. Uh, Michelle, you just have one opponent, Jimmy Hughes. What differentiates you from Jimmy Hughes? I have the time to put in full-time hours to a part-time job. Jimmy is a full-time business owner, and he owns a ranch out on the Arizona Strip and still has kids at home. I don't have any of that. So I can put in the time. Also, if you like us both, then you'll elect me because Jimmy stays on the council and you get us both. (laughs) <laughs> well said. All right. She's Michelle Rando. Of course, she's often in on the Mayor Thursday. And Michelle, thanks for coming in today and for spending a little time with us. It, I think it's a great service. Got to know you a lot better. Thank you, Andy. I appreciate it. Let's talk about Joe Shoney for a minute. He's a loan consultant, been serving Southern Utah for more than two and a half decades, and his specialty is well, taking care of you, making sure that you are happy, you the customer, you the loan person getting the loan. He wants you to understand that it's all about you. He'll keep you apprised of exactly what's going on all the way through the loan process. Online, 541 reviews, 4.96 out of five stars. His five-star at review after five-star review after five-star review. His name's Joe Shoney, loan consultant. Give him a call today at 435-590-6300. Welcome back. I hope you've learned some things over the last two days uh, on this program. Uh, we talked with, uh, of course, the four city council candidates yesterday, Natalie, Michelle, Greg, and Vardell. Uh, today it was the two mayoral candidates, Jimmy and Michelle. Uh, you know, th- it was somewhat limited in the number of questions I could ask, but uh, I really I really felt like there were some important things asked. If you're not satisfied, if you're still on the fence on who to vote for, well, we have something for you tonight. It's the uh, de- uh, debate commissions, uh, St. George City debates. We'll have uh, Michelle and Jimmy on. Uh, their debate is at 7 o'clock. Prior to that, 5.30, it'll be the, count- uh, the uh, city council debate. As uh, the aforementioned city council candidates will talk, uh, what I'd like to ask of you as we uh, run short on time on this program, uh, I've been compiling questions. Now, with the city council, there's only going to be time for five or six questions. Uh, It's going to be pretty tight. A little more leeway with the mayoral race, but if you want some input, if there's a question, something that's just really been... been, uh, been uh, kind of be in your bonnet, something you really want to talk about, please email me, agriffin at cherrycreekmedia.com. I have a list of questions. I have not, though, pared it down and finalized it. If you feel like your question's uh, something that uh, is important and, uh, you know, something I could use during the uh, debate tonight, I'd sure love to hear from uh, hear from you. agriffin at cherrycreekmedia.com. Uh, tomorrow, Washington County Schools. So we'll go away from the election for one show. But then Thursday, we're back with more election stuff on Thursday's program. Cress Staley and Kenny Nielsen from Washington City. Those are the two mayoral candidates for Washington. And uh, then the Hurricane candidates, Nanette Billings and Kevin Trevort, will be on the program 
as well. Of course, Staley, the only incumbent among those. John Bramall is not running again for Hurricane, so it'll be either Billings or Tavort. We'll get to know them a little bit. I'll ask them similar questions to what we've asked today with, with some variances uh, to, based on where they live and, and things like that. So uh, looking forward to that program, getting to know. I know Chris already. I know Kenny already. I just barely met Nanette, and I haven't talked to Kevin Tavort in a, a while. We used to live in the same neighborhood back in the day. Uh, so that's coming up on the Thursday program and then open line Fridays. We're going to talk about what you want to talk about. Uh, thanks for listening today. Thanks to Michelle and Jimmy for being on the program. And uh, hey, uh, come come see us tonight at the Eccles Fine Arts Center on the campus of Dixie State for the, the uh, candidate debate.